Stirring the pot with Drip Kitchen. All right, episode 15. Welcome back. Guys, what's up? How is you? Excellent. We're great. Mm. Good. Great. That was awesome. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can see why we stopped asking each other how our days went. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say no one cares. They don't they want us to have a bad day. No. No. They have something interesting. I know. No, sorry guys. I'll be here. <laughs> All right. So on this week's podcast, we have um, at K Baby Cakes. Um, her like name on Instagram is K Comet. I don't know what her real last name is, but um, yeah, she's going to be talking to us a little bit about drifting, but also about her experiences in the sex work industry. Hello. Hi. Sorry, it's my first time using Zoom. So I'm going to outright ask, why Rotary? Um, so the Rotary thing kind of fell into my lap. One time I went to a car meet and I saw, I saw an FC for the first time and realized it wasn't a 240. You know, in pictures, you only see pictures of ones with like, body kits so they kind of look like 240s if you don't know anything and at the time I didn't know anything and I saw it and I immediately was like that's different and I fell in love with the body of the car and I did some research on it that night like I went home and like read everything I could possibly find about RX-7s and the history and all this and the motor and all that and I was like I need one so I bought one and I was like, oh, yeah, the, the motor is a rotary. It's probably going to blow up. Like, whatever. <laughs> I'll just swap it whenever that happens. And um, it never blew up. And I drove the crap out of it. And I fell in love with the power van. And I fell in love with the way it sounded. And I was just sold at that point. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't disrupt the spirit of the car after I fell in love with the car so much. Um, and then the community made me like stay with the rotary because like, it's really niche but it's also really welcoming and I don't know. It's just, it's like really wholesome because everyone in the rotary community knows that like the rotary engine is like shit on literally all the time. So we all kind of like stick together it can be kind of culty at times but um yeah it's it kind of just like kind of just fell in my lap I wasn't originally intending on keeping my car rotary until I drove the crap out of it did like mountain runs and track days and road trips and just fell in love with everything about the rotary it was just cool I don't know <laughs> was that your first drift car um, my RX-7 is actually not a drift car, but it was my, it was my second rear-wheel drive car, I think. 
um, technically third, I guess. Um, my, I had a Z32, a Z32 prior to the RX-7. Oh, and I had a Miata, so I guess it was my fourth. I definitely drifted the Miata more than the RX-7, but I can't convince myself to turn it into a drift car because the body's so nice and I don't want to destroy it. And like eventually sometime down the road, no matter how good of a driver you are, you're going to destroy your drift car. Like um, Jassy's tired. <laughs> were you drifting an FRS at one point? Yes. I still have my FRS actually. Yeah. So like, um, I'm actually plan planning on going to another event next month whenever Pat's Acres is having their next event. Um, I just needed a wheel bearing and they're really easy to replace. They're just like four bolts. It's a whole wheel and hub assembly. So I'm going to do it in my driveway next time we get a sunny day here. So what originally got you into cars and drifting in general? Um, I kind of grew up around cars. My dad used to work in a shop that built drag cars. So it was always kind of around drag cars and like American muscle cars and sand rails and dirt bikes and like all that kind of fun stuff. Not really too different from like a lot of the stories that I hear. It's like most people in the car scene come from uh, either like off-road sports or skateboarding or BMXing or something. And um, I just really liked the way Japanese cars looked a lot more. I felt like there was a lot more individual style that you could show off with the Japanese car and getting into Japanese cars also led me into the Japanese culture and the car culture and everything like that and I feel like you know like if you like Japanese cars you know about drifting it's just whether or not like you're the type of driver who wants to try something like that I really like grip racing that's like my favorite thing on the planet but I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm so scared I'm going to wreck my car at like a high speed track or something. So drifting kind of like gets that itch of learning for me. Um, my favorite part about driving aggressively is learning the car and learning your own limits and learning how to improve. So I think drifting is like the fastest way to gain those skills. So on that subject, what would you say your favorite thing about the community is and your least favorite thing oof that's hard <laughs> my I would say the community is the answer for both <laughs> like the community's great you know like there's a lot of people out there who are just overly willing to help whether it be like lend you parts or give you advice on how to hit a turn you know uh people will let you like ride in their cars and give you advice or um, I let people drive my FRS so I can like see how they drive it. You know, they're all here for it and they're so welcoming and kind. But at the same time, there's also that side of the community that's very niche and egotistical. Like the guys who are like the best drivers with the nicest cars, you know? And it's like when you have a run-in with those people with that side of the community it feels very um how do I put it, it feels very like disappointing I, I like to live in my own fantasy world when I'm at the drift track you know I like going and hanging out with my friends and 
all of these super kind people that I've met over the years and being able to like have that like almost like world peace for a day, you know, for myself and like be able to just be happy with no thoughts. And when you have a run in with those uh, egotistical people, those really clicky people, they, their vibes are just all wrong. You know, I hate saying that, but like they, they feel like no matter what you do, like doesn't matter what kind of car you drive, how good at drifting you are, like, you will never stack up to them. And that's how like they make you feel. And I don't like the way that feels. Cause I don't think that's true. Like there's a starting process for everything. There's a learning curve for driving a huge one. And like, if you're not that good at driving, of course you're not going to have a super nice car at first. If you don't make a lot of money, you might not ever have a nice car, but you're still out there and doing it. And I think the portion of the community that like supports that learning curve and supports that um building of like the car itself if it's not like the nicest car at first and eventually you like work your driver skills up to like okay I'm gonna build a nice car now you know I would prefer to definitely stick with those guys because they make they make everything feel fun and good and I just don't like that like negative egotistical like I'm better than you kind of attitude but I think that's like every part of the car community has that so Mm -hmm. but it's definitely very apparent in drifting especially lately with how like social media or other like social platforms YouTube Instagram how all of that has made everything very like attention seeking or popular or clout based (laughs) you know um but yeah I really like I like the community but I also don't like the community sometimes (laughs) I'll forget oh sorry Alexis go ahead (laughs) I I was gonna ask do you feel like women are treated differently in the community oh yeah definitely um there's there's positives and negatives to it though like women are always expected to not be as good and when they are just as good they almost get like praised more but there's also the other side of it when I think that's a negative like I don't think we should be I don't think we should be put on a pedestal just because we're just as good as the next guy just because we're a girl like that's silly um but then there's the side of it where like especially in the drift community I found is like me being a girl, if I go to the drift track and I try to make friends with somebody, it's super easy for me to talk to people because they're like, oh my God, a girl, she's talking to me, you know? (laughs) So it's easy to make good connections. Um, If, as long as you like work past all of the, the negative stuff, like people making jump, uh, what is it called? Like uh, snap judgments on you just because you're a girl like oh she probably doesn't know what she's doing or she's probably just here with someone or whatever like all just silly little stuff that like really doesn't matter because if you're you and that's not true for you you know that as long as you can get past that I think there's honestly more positive like girls are treated 
pretty good. I don't know how it is all across the country. In in Arizona, it was not fantastic. But in Oregon, people are all here for like the girl drift scene. There's there's there used to be an event once a month just for girls at Pat's Acres Racing Complex, which was super cool. Um, so they're all here for, they do similar things to like what you guys are doing over there. Um, and I dig that. I think that's cool. Sounds like we need to go to Arizona. No, you need to come to Oregon. You guys would love it out here. Oh my gosh. You guys would have so much fun on the tracks out here. <laughs> we want to I mean, I'm down to play the trip. <laughs> oh, come through, dude. <laughs> I got a big couch. <laughs> we can all go in on an airbnb it'll be fun <laughs> that sounds good to me <laughs> oh what is the weirdest dm you've gotten oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh i had to go back years thinking about this um Recently, I got a guy asking me if I liked attention, just out of the blue, not really sure what he was getting at. Um, he didn't really like my response. Um, and then he asked me, like, why the switch up with my attitude? And I didn't reply because I don't owe that fucking guy anything. Like, <laughs> I don't owe you anything, dude. I don't know you. Super random. Um, I had a stalker uh, a few years back. He was from Australia. He sent me some very weird messages. Uh, he posed as a girl, created fake profile and everything, location, used pictures off of other people's profiles that were tagged in the same location, um, which was a mistake on his part because I ended up finding out pretty easily that he, it was him. So he um, could have been on the catfish show. <laughs> yeah, he re really could have been. Um, funny thing is, he lived in Australia, and I wouldn't have been so concerned about it um, because that's, like, all the way across the world, you know? But he, he flew to my city and went to car meets that I notorious, like, post about on Instagram or whatever. He went to those car meets all, all this time, like, not saying anything to me, just doing the thing. And then he was staying on my side of town. And he got that information because he was posing as a girl. And I told her, I told that girl, which was actually him, that I lived in Mesa, Arizona at the time. And he was staying, he stayed there. He went to a car meet that I was at, didn't say anything to me the whole time. My friends told me he was, like, taking pictures of me when I wasn't looking, which was super weird. Um, and he didn't have a ride to get back to his hotel, which was on my side of town. I stayed away from my side of town that night. <laughs> I was not trying to be close to that. Um, and then also, like, weird DMs. Yeah. Um basically people asking for free content or like asking for con asking to pay for content, like on only on Venmo or whatever, and me sending it to them on OnlyFans. fans. Um, 
but I don't know. I don't think that's weird. Like, they're shooting their shot. I don't really appreciate it, but they're trying. If they can't, like, get into OnlyFans, they don't want it to show on their bank, bank statement or whatever. Like, whatever. <laughs> Who's getting in trouble? <laughs> oh, they, they want to get in trouble the, for their girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I did see the other day, I get asked every once in a while, how does it show up on your bank statement? And I tell them, well, it says OnlyFans. And usually it says OnlyFans Entertainment, but on my bank statement, it recently changed to tuition. So <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm going to tell everyone it Whoa. says tuition now. <laughs> That's awesome. What made you decide to do OnlyFans? Well, I guess, so I had heard about OnlyFans for maybe like a year to a year and a half before I started OnlyFans. And at the time, I was a dancer. So it was kind of like an easy jump over. Um, but what really encouraged me to start it was I saw a friend of mine. Um, she made one. And I saw, like, her advertising and, like, the way her lifestyle changed after that and the confidence that it gave her um, in, like, her day-to-day life. Like, I would see, I would hang out with her every once in a while, like, as in, like, a group scenario, and, like, see her post and everything, and I was like, wow, like, dang, girl, like, you blew up, like, emotionally, mentally, like, she's living the life, you know? So I was, like, encouraged by that. I was like, wow, like, I wonder if that's a really good option. Um, I didn't want to start it with just, like, cell phone pictures. I wanted to start off on, like, a good note. So I didn't want to start it until I got shot by a photographer. Um, so I, I sat on it for a really long time before I was able to find a photographer. I'm like, okay, do I want to do it? Don't I want to do it? Why? Yes. Why? No. Pros and cons and everything. Um, and once I was able to set up a shoot with a photographer, I was like, hell yeah, I'm definitely doing this. Um, it'll be really beneficial to me because I'll be able to make money off of OnlyFans and from the clubs and like, it'll be good. I'll be making bank. Hell yeah. Super easy jump over to online. I was really hesitant because I don't remember when, but sometime someone said like, once it's on the internet, it's always on the internet. And that scared me. That's actually the reason why I went into stripping instead because I was um I was afraid of that I was gonna do camming but I was too afraid I'm like no like once it's on the internet it's on the internet forever and I don't know what's what that's gonna mean for me going forward um being a dancer definitely like encouraged uh the continuation of sex work online which was great um but OnlyFans also gave me like the opportunity to stop dancing and I realized that I was, like, much happier not in and out of the club and not having strangers, like, be that close to me and trying to touch me all the time or rolling around on the dance floor on the strip club. Like, you feel like you got to shower, like, three times a day. And that's exhausting. <laughs> you just feel, you can just, it can just feel really dirty after being in the club super emotionally draining too you're dealing with a lot of different people and you're like if you have contact with them you're taking their energy too 
Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. I wouldn't go in. I didn't have a set schedule in the club that I worked in, um, which was really nice for me. So I would go in maybe like, I would go in every time I was broke, honestly. Like I would go in and make a bunch of money and then not go back for like a couple weeks. And then when I'm like, okay, time to pay my bills, like go back into the club for a couple nights, text a couple of my regulars, have them come through and pay my bills with it. Like I, I tried not to be there as much as possible, but it was a really nice environment to be in. Um, I loved, loved the first club that I worked at. It was actually recommended to me by somebody that I met at a car meet. I was at like a FRS car meet out in Phoenix and I was, we were just hanging out and they were talking about like, they were talking about something funny that happened on a business trip, how they went to this club out in Phoenix for a business meeting and they put it all on the business card and whatever. They were having a good time. And I was like, Oh, like, was it a nice club? <laughs> like I wanted to know where, where is this club? They were like, yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's a nice place. All the girls are super sweet. I know somebody who's a part of the management there. Um, they do tryouts every Thursday. It was a Wednesday. So I was like, cool, I got a day to get ready for this tryout because I'm, I'm going to do it. So I did it. And it was very scary at first. I've never put myself in a scenario like that ever in my life. Like, have I ever flashed anyone <laughs> ever? <laughs> so I went in there and I was like, you know what? It's normal here. You know, like if your titties are out, your titties are out. <laughs> like, it's kind of, it's expected here. It's a strip club. So I did it. And the girls who worked there, they all welcomed me in. Like I was the baby stripper. They knew it, you know, and they welcomed me in. They were so nice. All the kind of like big head boss bitches, like the, the baddest ones in the club, you know, they, they took a liking to me because they saw, you know, I was like, Oh, a little dainty, shy, kind of like timid little girl, you know, and they definitely helped me learn a lot very quickly. And the management at that club was really great. The owner of the club was always there. He was super nice. If there was any drama between the girls. It got squashed and someone got fired immediately. It was fantastic. Uh, what about the house fees? Do you think that they're fair? I think it depends on the club. So every club is going to run their business a little bit different. And the first club that I worked in, I thought the house fees were very fair. It changed um, throughout the day. If you got there early in the day, you only had to pay $5 for the house fee. You could work all day. You could leave and then come back if you wanted to. Um, if you got there in the afternoon... I guess they opened at 12. My morning is 12, apparently, back then. Um, if, uh, if you got there right when they opened, you only had to pay like five or 10 bucks. And then when you got there more at peak hour, like 6 p.m., it changed to 20 bucks. And then after 10 p.m., it was 35 bucks. You know, everyone wants to roll in late. So that's when the club gets the busiest. That's when we get charged the most. And then when it comes to the rest of the fees, it was, they say they wanted to give, 
a percentage to the bartender, bouncers, and DJ. But the minimum at my club was five for each bouncer, five bucks for each bouncer, five bucks for the bartender, and ten bucks for the DJ. So if I only made a hundred bucks, most of my money was already gone. A hundred bucks is me breaking even, including gas at the strip club where I was working. Um, but there wasn't many nights that I left with just a hundred bucks. So, um, it was definitely good, but I definitely have heard about, um, other clubs that have kind of ridiculous house fees, especially in other countries. Um, I follow like a couple girls in Australia and they say that their house fees are kind of high and they, they, the clubs will take all of the money that the girl earns and then split it up and like give it back to her, which is super weird in my opinion, but it's their business if they want to run it like that and girls are still continuing to work there. I guess that's just how they're going to run their business. What would you tell other women who want to get into it but might be scared to? That being sex work, whether it be stripping or OnlyFans. So, if you're scared about it, definitely assess why you're scared about it. Like, are you scared that your family's going to find out? Are you scared that it's going to affect your career? Are you scared that, like, if you have kids and they hear about it, they might not see you the same or something? Like, figure out, like, where the fear is coming from first. And then also keep in mind that it's a permanent choice. Like, if you go into a strip club and you decide I'm going to be a dancer and you only do it for a week, you still did it. You still contributed to the sex industry. If you post on OnlyFans, same thing. Like if once it's on the internet, it's always on the internet. So it is a permanent choice to dedicate yourself to. It's a big step to, to, sorry, <laughs> my, my roommate just got home. It's a big step to accept that you are going to make yourself a part of the sex industry, whether it be like porn or dancing or um, escorting or any of that. Um, so I guess I would say my advice to people who might be afraid, um, weigh out your pros and cons. Like, if you're going to school for a career, be careful, because some careers will dig really deep into your background, and if they find that, you'll be blacklisted from getting the job of your dreams. So be careful. Definitely weigh your pros and cons. Figure out, for you, is it worth it in the long run? Um, and also, if people are afraid, like if, let's say, like, if you're afraid that your family's going to find out or you don't want anyone knowing it's actually you. Um, you can create an alter ego. Like you could, you could wear wigs and crazy outfits and do your makeup all crazy. And like, you can be a completely different person, have a different name. And if you, if somebody like recognizes you, they're like, Hey, are you insert your fake name here? Are you this person off of OnlyFans? 
say, uh, no, and give them a little wink. Just, you know, throw that little fishing line out there so they don't know, but they know, but they don't know. <laughs> It'll leave them questioning. It'll leave them coming back for more. Um, do you think there's a stigma to women involved in sex work? Definitely. I think there always has been. Um, I don't think, I, it's obviously not a positive one, you know? Um, I, I think most of the stigma is really negative, you know? The stereotypes are, they're mentally unstable, it's girls with daddy issues, these girls are hoes, they're promiscuous, they do a lot of drugs and whatever. But the thing is, like, all of those things are true for every person besides maybe drugs and being promiscuous. But, like, if everyone has the opportunity to be promiscuous, it is up to their own moral code to decide whether or not they are going to do that. And it's none of your business. Like, <laughs> um, that's just how it is. Um, I do think that, like, I know some people like going out and partying every weekend or going clubbing every weekend and being mentally unstable and promiscuous and doing drugs are all associated with that scene too. But for some reason, like sex workers get more, more, like more heavily judged for that. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's, it's kind of unfair. Yeah. But life's not fair sometimes. I did want to ask you before, um, have you ever, have you ever been recognized in your normal day to day because of either dancing or your OnlyFans? Um, yes and no. So people have come up to me asking if I have an OnlyFans, but because of the way OnlyFans works, where the only way for somebody to find your profile is if you share the link or they find your link somewhere. Um, which is usually going to be like on your own social media page or platform or whatever. Like um, usually people aren't like, Hey, are you this person off of OnlyFans? But people have definitely like come up to me and be like, Hey, don't you have an OnlyFans? And I'll be like, yeah, I do. It's a lot of fun. I'll chat with them about it. And like, just like, you know, anybody walking up like, hey, don't you work at this shop? And the person will be like, yeah, I do. It's a lot of fun. And they chat them up about it. So uh, kind of yes, kind of no. Say It's never been like in a malicious way, though, ever. No, but there have been scenarios where I have been like hanging out at the drift track chatting with people and only fans casually comes up and these guys start kind of like talking about some girl that has an only fans and it, it's not entirely negative but it's definitely not positive and i'll be like well i have an only fans too and kind of like self-plug a little bit but also like explain to them like it's not that crazy you guys like there's literally so much that you can do on OnlyFans. It's not just like sexual stuff. It's also like somebody said one of the last episodes, like cooking. There's lots of cooking shows on OnlyFans. There's all kinds of art stuff. There's all kinds of stuff on there. So 
usually not malicious. It's always malicious about somebody else until I bring up that I have one too. And you probably shouldn't be talking about them like that. Like, why are you being so nasty? <laughs> Do you think it's different for guys to like, if a guy has an OnlyFans versus like a female? I think it's harder for guys to be um, as successful, but I don't think it's impossible. Um, I definitely know there's many successful men on OnlyFans. Um, it's mainly just like the cisgendered men that are going to have a really hard time with that. Like um, straight men who are absolutely opposed to like uh, gay or bi men talking to them in that kind of way um because that's going to be most of their uh most of their audience that they're going to be playing to um there is women like i follow a ton of people on only maybe not a ton but <laughs> it's expensive i follow a good amount of people on only fans um i follow some guys i follow some girls um and one thing that I will say about the men that I follow on OnlyFans is they're not creative enough for me. I'm very picky about who I subscribe to and the kind of things that I like seeing. Um, everyone has their type, of course. But past that, like, I want to be... If I'm paying for something, like, the whole argument is, oh, you can just go on Google and... Google search Pornhub and free porn for days, whatever. But if I'm paying for something, I want it to be better than the free stuff that I can find online. Um, and I want to see, I want to see a creative dude nude. To be honest with you, because I want to see too. Like, yeah, it's just like a penis next to a Gatorade bottle, usually. Oh no. <laughs> um, there is so some like a reference. There is some, like, uh, there's one person that runs a company that literally makes clothes for penises so that they can take, like, fancy dick pigs and, like, have their little weens dressed up as, like, pirates and, like, basketball players or whatever. <laughs> See, we do offer good advice for guys that listen. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Be creative. Valentine's Day is coming twice for Chet. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely buy him some peen outfits. I don't think I want yeah, to see it. Yeah, Let me know how that goes. <laughs> Second shout out to Chet's penis on this. <laughs> Chet's penis twice in the podcast. <laughs> Practically one of the stars at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's a reoccurring character now. It's official. <laughs> so what's the strangest request that you've gotten on OnlyFans? Oof. When I first started my OnlyFans, somebody asked me for a video. Uh, oh my God, it was so weird. Somebody asked me a video <laughs> of me peeing and or pooping. Hmm. I did it. I did it. I made, I took a video of me going pee one time and I sold it for like an absurd amount of money for how long the video was, which was pretty cool. Um, and then I also got a request for, for, for farting, which I didn't end up doing. I would have, I just can't like, I 
have a heart. You can't, it's hard to do that on command. <laughs> so I, I tried, not going to lie. I tried, but I just wasn't able to. And kind of bums me out. Like I, I definitely understand both of those things from like a kink perspective. Um, I know you guys, oh my gosh, I have information to tell you guys. I know you guys have talked about multiple times about the guys that will DM you on Instagram asking for cold start videos. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's a name for it. It's huge. Yo, do tell. It's called pedal pumping. Pedal oh, pumping. Taylor, oh. you pedal pump for <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> oh, pedal pump for Taylor. <laughs> yes. That should be your Taylor pedal pump. Whitmore. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it's called pedal Taylor, pump. You're already in the industry, dude. You already left a footprint. Get out there. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, though, honestly, though, that's like one of my favorite requests because they're like, up front they're like i'll pay you they're always super nice and they're always like you don't even have to be in the video i just like knowing that it's a girl's car and it runs really crappy and like i'll give you money <laughs> like they're always so nice yeah dude it was very very simple <laughs> it's great and they <laughs> always pay you it's fantastic those those super like niche kinks are my favorite because they are always willing to pay you for what they're asking for they rarely try to barter like it's fantastic i thought it was a scam at first until a couple of the other girls said the same thing and i'm like okay i'm about to get some money right now for literally putting my phone in my engine bay and <laughs> starting it up hell yeah i love that mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome oh um do you ever regret getting involved in sex work so if y'all would have asked me that probably like a month ago, I would have said yes. I've been doing sex work for three years at this point, which isn't that long compared to like some of the other girls that I know. Um, and I've been doing OnlyFans. My year anniversary was in December, so that was cool. And I've been thinking a lot about how you can pose all of these different skills that we learn from doing sex work on like a, a resume for a job. Like if I ever wanted to stop doing sex work, how would I pose that this gap in my resume? I was not working according to this gap in my resume for so long. And, um, I was thinking really hard about it because I was really beating myself up about it. I was like, man, like, if I ever want to stop this, not that I do, like, I love what I do, but if I ever wanted to change my mind and move on and just go on to the next chapter of my life, like, how would I go about doing that? And I was having such a hard time trying to figure it out, but I was talking to a friend of mine about it the other day of how to write things on your resume to make them sound really good. And if I would have just stuck with being a dancer, I think my answer still would have been yes. When you go in for a job interview, this actually happened to me. I went in for a job interview. I 
they asked what the gap in my resume was. And I told them I was, um, I said something to do with like customer service or sales or something like that. And they were like, okay, cool. Where do you work? Where did you work? And I told them the name of the club. Cause like, how am I supposed to lie about that? And they knew immediately, obviously that it was a strip club and they didn't call me back. They, they did call me back and they said, it's not going to work out, which personally sidebar I thought was bullshit because I had ton of, I had a ton of experience in what they were hiring for prior to me being a stripper and I would have been perfectly suited for the job. They didn't hire me because I had done sex work before. It's um, if you lose whatever other skills you have just because you decide to do it. Yeah. Right. Like I was in sales before and then I went into being a dancer and it's literally sales and customer service and being able to relate to people. And that's the only way you're successful with it. And for some reason, office jobs or blue white collar whatever collar jobs you know red quote unquote regular jobs they they think that like because you're into that for any amount of time that you're worthless to them like you said like those skills never developed or whatever um but I have been thinking about it lately and I kind of came to this realization that with OnlyFans and any other kind of like online media-based sex work it's actually a lot more of a good thing now because that's so popular along with um etsy youtube people are making money off of tiktok i can say at this point i ran my own business and i sold media online and people will be like oh hell yeah we definitely want this person to work for us so I, I used to, like I said, if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have been like, yeah, like, cause I don't really know how to get out of it and that whole thing. But I think it just depends on, I think I was able to switch my perspective on it. I was able to remind myself that there are still a lot of good skills that I'm learning and there are ways to pose these skills to a nine to five job place in an office or whatever. And they'll see that and they'll see it as a positive instead of, Oh, you did sex work. None of that is valid. I'm, I'm personally, I'm envious. Um, I get in my, I get into my car every day. And I just think, you know, if you would just post pictures of your titties that you could get out of this right now, but for some reason, my ass, Still drives an hour to work, and I'm like, you you could have slept in. I I am like, I have no idea. I'm one of those people where I do. I'm like, I should do it, and then I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I just I mean, you think about the amount of hours of labor, like actual physical labor, I do at my day job, and I make like a fraction of what I was able to make in the club. Yeah, a fraction, like not even a day's worth of work. Yep, it hurts my feelings thinking about going back to like a regular job. <laughs> Why would you ever want that? Why? I <laughs> I, I hate myself for it. I'm like, ah, it's mostly like, this. So easy. It's mostly the set schedule for me. Like, I'm trying to travel. I'm trying to go out and do fun things. Like, some days, like 
a lot of companies don't understand the importance of mental health. And some days, like if you don't particularly like your job or whatever, some days you got to take mental health days. And some companies don't like that. And it's the restriction of a set schedule for me that like turns me off on, on, like, a, on like a regular job, pun intended. Oh, Alexis, you looked frozen for a second. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. I thought you were. I hope not. I hope not because I'm the one who's recording. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, how All about right. your family? Does they so... know, do they know about your OnlyFans? Yeah, my family knows. Um, most of them are pretty chill about it. I know my mom has some reservations, um, and I don't tell her a whole lot. I was, I was pretty forward about it with my dad. He's all for it. He's completely supportive. He's like, if I could, I would go get it. Like, <laughs> go get a girl. He knows I'm smart. He knows he raised me with a good head on my shoulders, according to him. And, uh, um, he he trusts my judgment in people. He knows like, I'm not going to go and do crazy things. Um, and I think he also knows at the end of the day, I'm an adult and I'm going to have to live with any decisions I make. Um, my mom knows I was nervous about telling my grandma. My grandma is like my best friend. I love that woman. I told her and she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, people pay to see that. And I was like, yeah, and she's like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy. You're like, that is amazing that your family is so supportive. I think that's it what people are scared of too, is like, that oh, yeah, able to see it or, you know. Yeah, it could go either way. I feel like people could tell their family and then they're like, never talk to again for the rest of their lives. Oof, yeah, that would make it extra hard too. Like, I. Probably, I think I owe a good portion of my success with all of this to my family because they're supportive. Because that weight of knowing that, like, I'm doing something that the people I care about and the people who care about me don't approve of or don't think is the best option for me or whatever, um, that weight is really exhausting to carry around. And I don't know if I'd be able to do it if my family wasn't so positive about it. But some people are stronger than me, you know? Some people are just like, I'm going to do whatever I want, regardless of whoever thinks what. <laughs> so that's cool, too. More power to you. But I could not do that. Those people are much stronger than me. <laughs> um, do you think it affects your uh, mental health, either positively or negatively? I guess if your family doesn't support it, then probably negatively, but. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of portions about sex work that affects mental health because if you look at it at a very basic level, the thing that people try to hold against you is like morally you're selling your body. And like a lot of people don't agree with that. I don't really care about those people's opinions. I don't think it's an issue. Like it's my body. I can do what I want with it kind of thing, whatever. Um, but there is, I've definitely had the moments of like, man, is this, is this my only value? Like, is this the only thing that makes me valuable my body? And I think having a support system is the most important 
thing to keep in mind when you're trying to do sex work because whether it be like your friends or your family or your significant other your my sister is like always there for me she's badass um so like if it's if it's like anybody that you can go to and be like man like i'm just feeling really down on myself like I just feel like the only thing that I'm valuable for is my body and I'm exhausted and I just feel tired and dirty. You know, that's how, that's how it is in my mind. Maybe not everybody wants to use the word dirty, but so that's what it feels like. Sometimes you just kind of feel like you stepped in a big old puddle of mud and you're stuck in it, you know? And then once you get out of it, you're still all muddy and heavy and just, ugh, I need a shower, you know? So I think the support system, being able to cleanse yourself of those negative thoughts is definitely the most important thing when it comes to sex work. Because um, it can be really tolling. It can, it, it can be extremely tolling. What about, um, like, escorting of people who do the full-service sex work? What are your feelings on that? Um, and I also, separately from that, do you feel like it's safe? That's a good question. So, personally, I could never. <laughs> I could never. But at the same time, I definitely understand there's a market for it. Um, I know a lot of the sex work laws are across the world are about prostitution or escorts or whatever. And every place is different, whether it be country to country or state to state, even, um, escorting is legal in Vegas. I think it's legal in Oregon. Um, safety though. Oof. That's a hard thing to, to speak on for me from an outsider's perspective. I would say no. I don't think it's safe. It's a very dangerous world <laughs> with sex trafficking and um, sleeping with strangers means they are very likely to not respect your boundaries. And that's a huge thing in sex work. Um, and it's definitely scary. That's why like a big portion of why I couldn't do it. I'm horrified of the idea of someone not respecting my boundaries. Um, but I can't necessarily say that as a fact because I'm not in that portion of the industry. Um, I can only assume, obviously there's good parts and bad parts of any community, but I can only assume that the girls who are deciding, or men, the girls or guys who are deciding to do that, um, to fill those shoes supply the demand for the market um i think i would like to think that they are being safe about it i really would i hope they would be because regardless of whether or not it's legal whether or not i do it whether or not anyone does it there's still going to be a demand for it and I think there's a portion of that, that demand that makes escorting or prostitution or however you would pose it, 
um, I think it makes society a little bit safer. I don't know if the action itself is safe. Never been in that scenario. But I, I think in a kind of roundabout way, it could make society a little bit safer because there are people out there who have no other option when it comes to fulfilling their physical needs. And sometimes when your needs aren't fulfilled, you start acting a little crazy. And I would rather hear about somebody going and buying an escort for the night full service rather than some girl being the victim of this man who was not able to go and buy an escort. So this is kind of a two-part question. Do you think there's a time in one's career that a person needs to stop doing it? And do you have any plans to quit? Um, I think it really depends on your customer base and uh, what you're supplying, the uniqueness of the, of the content that you're providing for them. Um, society definitely poses that issue. Like at a certain age, a woman is less beautiful because she's older or whatever. But man, if I am 80 years old and men still want to give me money because they think I'm sexy, you bet your ass I'm going to take it from them. Like, of course, I will let them think I'm sexy all day and I will be this cute little sexy old lady and they will still pay my bills. <laughs> I don't think you have to stop. If you have the option to not stop, do it. Like, go all the way with it. But for me, I do I do want to stop. I not anytime soon. I don't think, um, I don't think I've gotten everything that I want out of it yet. I want to do so much more with it. I want all of the pictures. I want to maybe like transform it into like modeling or lingerie modeling or whatever. Like, cause I think now that I have the confidence that has been built off of OnlyFans, I would be a lot more comfortable doing something like regular everyday modeling. Um, but other than that, like I would, mm, I would much rather prefer to like start my own business to do something that I love. I really want to do paint and body. I think that sounds like so much fun and I have the patience for it. I've done a little bit. I helped paint my RX seven, help prep it and everything. Um, but I don't know how far along, how far down the road that's going to be. I don't know. <laughs> so right now there's not really a stopping point for me, but I do have the idea that one day, like, yeah, I won't do this anymore, which kind of makes me sad. It's a, it's a death of a part of me. I absolutely love doing it. And yeah, it definitely makes me sad a little bit to think about stopping, but I'm sure that'll fade when I'm ready. Um, what do you think the most difficult thing is about being a sex worker? Oh my gosh. All of the dumb comments and uh, questions and just all of that. <laughs> Basically, like, people assuming that just because I have an OnlyFans that, like, 
I'm going to sleep with them or something like off the wall, literally not anywhere related other than the fact that like you can pay to see me online, but you can't touch me. Um, people in my DMS asking me for free content every single time I, uh, advertise, they're like, Oh, can I get a preview? You know? And I'm every single time because I usually share my advertisements with either a censored picture or a picture that's PG-13, you know, no, no, no nudity. Instagram's gotten real strict about it. Um, and I always just tell them your preview is the story you replied to. If you want to see more, you can pay just like everyone else. Girls? Girls? Um, okay, so obviously strippers invented pole dancing like that. It's been around forever, um, but now it's kind of like a fitness thing. How do you feel about like the people that are into pole fitness, but they don't want to be associated with strippers? I'm here for it. I'm all here for it. Get it, girl. Like if if you want to go to a pole dancing academy and work out and feel sexy and hang out with a bunch of girls, hell yeah, do that. Like that sounds like a great idea, <laughs> but. I also think, because um, there's the, the fitness side of it, there's the competition side of it, and then there's the work side of it. You know, there's, there's huge pole dancing competitions all across the world. And there's some seriously talented and very strong girls. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they are so strong. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a very, very, very good thing to do for, for fitness if you're consistent with it. The one thing that I would say is if you don't want to be associated with the exoticness or the sexiness of pole dancing, you're never going to win because it was invented to be sexy. It was invented to be this like stripper thing, you know, it's, it's always going to be viewed like that. And if you don't want to do that, that's perfectly fine, but you still have to respect where it all came from. And you ha I think it's important to, not knock on the girl next door that's like making money off of what you're using for fitness you know you can't you can't judge somebody because they're doing something you do but your morals don't align that's silly what is something you hope people can understand from this episode and why should we should be talking about the sex work subject at all on a drifting podcast Sex work is coming in hard. There's a huge market for it. And just because somebody has an OnlyFans or is a dancer doesn't mean that they're any different from you or your brother who's in tech or you, you guys as mechanics. Like, there's no difference. It's work. When I'm getting ready to work, I put on my work hat, you know, I, I get myself into a mode where I'm like, okay, this is work. And my real life is a little bit separate from that. Um, and I think it's important, especially like, I think it's great that you guys are talking about it. It's the perfect platform to talk about it. Because a lot of girls get judged really heavily, specifically by men, or pick me's is a term pick me girls. Um, and it's important to, I think it's really important to keep an open mind 
about things, about people, about different types of work. I think people judge hard on things that they're not willing to do. And I don't think that's fair. Like just because you're not willing to do something doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or, or if you're not willing to pay for it, like I have this conversation with people every once in a while too. I could never pay to see any of that. Okay. Don't, don't please, please keep your money. Please put it to places where you think it would be worth your time. Please do that. Don't, you know, like, don't spend your money on things you don't want. You don't go to McDonald's and not want McDonald's and buy McDonald's and then get mad about it. Like, <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the judgment is the biggest part of it. Um, just generally, like, especially in the drift community, like, we all know being into cars how easy it is for us to get profiled. Like, same thing with sex work. It's just a little bit different of a story. Because being involved in the car scene is going to get you profiled with normal people, you know, the people who don't understand cars. And to get that from something that you consider work or something that you're passionate about that actually earns you money, that's insult just as insulting, <laughs> basically. Like, you, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's fair that a sex worker gets judged really hard just because it doesn't, like you said, align with someone's morals. Yeah. Or the part that really gets me is people are always like, oh, they're into drugs and they just sleep around and they probably do nothing all day. Like, I have bills. I clean my house every day. I don't sleep around. I have a boyfriend. Oh, like, I'm not trying to do anything crazy. I, I, I love that man. Like, I could never break his heart like that. <laughs> so, like, someone has to point out a single girl that hasn't sent a nude for free. Like, that's the way I look at it. Is every girl, at least by my age, has sent out a nude for free? Like, what? Yep. Get on another yep. for getting paid for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What? We're the idiots. <laughs> right? And that's Somewhere. the supply and demand of it. I think men just get, or women, you know, whoever's asking for these free nudes, I think they get kind of, you know, ass chapped at the fact that we're capitalizing on this and we're not going to send them to you for free anymore. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. have. I've personally sold my nudes for over $200 and I would do it again. Hell yeah. Please do. I might. So boys, you can find mine on Fiverr. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, nothing like making money off of desperate people. (laughs) It's not even desperate people though. Oh my God. Sometimes it is though. Sometimes it is. You're going to offend all my sit boys. No. I love them. They're not. Okay. So some of them are desperate. Not going to lie. Um, but a lot of them are just like looking for something specific. Plus like, I'm not going to lie. There's a couple of models that I follow on Instagram and I'm like, wow, they are extremely attractive. 
And curiosity gets the best of me. If I have the opportunity to see them naked, why would I not? <laughs> Just to see, oh, yeah, you know? It's true. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's great what you do. And I'm so, like, happy that you're, like, shedding some light on it. Because I think a lot of people kind of misjudge people who do that. They're quick to judge. Yeah. And it's not fair. Definitely quick to judge. But it's kind of the whole world. There's a, there's a lot of things that people are very quick to judge on. And at the end of the day, they have to live with those thoughts. Not me. Not us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Sex work definitely gives you a bit of a thicker skin. Because <laughs> you know, like, you get into it and you're like, all right, time to officially be judged for everything I do. So that's all right. But... It's a lot of strength that comes out of it, too. All right, Kay. Thank you so much for coming on here. I know it's kind of a touchy topic and everything, but you couldn't have explained it better. And you really did, like Alexis said, shed a lot of light into that world. Thank you for having me. I feel so honored. I think you guys are the bee's knees. And I'm stoked that this happened. So thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Thank you. Bye. Talk to you later. Have a good night. Bye. Guys, I'm going to get Bye. A- See ya. Hey, guys. I want to take a minute to introduce you to our podcast sponsor, Swivel Mount. Swivel Mount is a camera mount that swivels. It's made specifically for drifting. Why waste time bothering track workers to set up your GoPro mount? You can have one you don't have to worry about. You can place it on or off any car in seconds, making it easy to get great footage. Swivel mount uses magnets to stay on your vehicle. Your GoPro won't fall off into the guy or girl tandeming behind you. I know for me personally, I like seeing how I progress over the events. Getting a chance to see the swivel mount footage is a way to study all of my runs. Swivel mount helps capture sick footage and you can get a custom colored flag to match your whole aesthetic. Go to www.theswivelmount.com and use code DK10 to get 10% off anything on their website. Would you guys judge me if I was a stripper? Yeah. (laughs) Love that Um. delay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think it can be both good and bad. Um, you know, I danced for about a year and like some parts of it were really good because I had lost my job, uh, as a welder. And that was kind of like the only other way I could make as much money as I was making. Um, but at the same time, like it's kind of emotionally a lot. Can we talk about the one thing, the thing? Oh, Kimmy, can we talk about other Kimmy? So that was like the day that was pretty much like the day that I decided to like do it full time because I had work. I I was working at the club and working another job during the day as a auto body tech. And I was making like nothing in auto body, like nothing. And um, yeah, one night it was like a Wednesday night. I went in and this guy, (laughs) I don't know how to say it without like, being like offensive though he had like a really big leg he was in a wheelchair 
Yeah, he had like elephantitis. Right? Yes. Yeah, he had like some condition. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, he was wearing like this really thick collar and I was like, huh, okay, that, that's interesting. It's like kind of dead here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to this guy. And um, I was like wearing this whole, I actually had a collar on too. I don't know. I had this whole like get up with like black lipstick and stuff. So he was just like, oh, um, I'm like looking for a dom. Twinsies. He's like, you know, <laughs> and he's like, oh, like, what are you? And I was just kind of like, oh, um, yeah, like I, I, could, I could do that. Like, like, what are you thinking? And he's like, well, you know, I have a mistress and, you know, she, she said whoever is going to do this for me, like to have this envelope. So he hands me this envelope and he's like, do you want to read it? And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom and read it. So I like go to the bathroom and I open it up and it's like this letter from this dominatrix out in like California or something like that. And she's like, this is Sissy Kimmy. <laughs> this is Sissy Kimmy and he shall be punished. <laughs> and like, you know, you need to call him like a whore and a slut and all these different things. And in that envelope, like, there was like $700. I was like, are you kidding me right now? So like we went into like the VIP. I would change. I would legally, I would legally change my name to Sissy Kimmy for $700. No, I didn't have to change my name to anything. I was, I, all I had to do is we we went to the VIP and I put makeup on this guy. I insulted him. He kissed my boots. It was great. I was like, yo, please, you're my favorite. Like, let's do this all the time. He only came in one time. I was so sad. I put him on a leash. It was the best time I ever had. That was the day that I was like, I'm done with my day job. You must have been a good boy. I'm never going back to reality again. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was great. But you know what? That's like not an often time thing. There'd be like really bad nights too. It's always when you're like super, I come up with money. Sorry, my mic. It's always when you're super broke and to come up with money, you have a bad night and have to like pay out. But no, that was fun. Just kick open the door. Any sissies here? Nah. Sissy Kimmy. Wow. I laughed so hard because all I could think of was you, Kim. <laughs> I know. That's usually what comes to mind is sissy. Sissy Kimmy. I know. If I wasn't so attached to my Instagram name, I probably I probably would have changed it just for you. If only there were more people like that out there. Whoever you are, Sissy Kimmy, like please find me. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that though, if she really did? That would be crazy. That would be you pay me seven hundred dollars every night. This is great. I'll buy something cool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I still have that letter too somewhere. It's like in my toolbox or something. Maybe we can raffle it off on a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Along with Taylor's motivates name. me on hard days. Mm. Yeah, can't do that. No. <laughs> All right. So I guess do we want to do an outro, Miss Wet Whistle? <laughs> <laughs>
My wet whistle wisdom. <laughs> is, it, is it a good wet, Taylor? Is it a good wet or a bad wet? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Uh, see, now I can't get all serious. <laughs> you can wet whistle. You can get serious. <laughs> Be a dry whistle. <laughs> I mean, that would be a bad way, I guess. That'd be a dry. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a very bad dry. <laughs> uh, my Whitmore Weekly wisdom this week is to always follow whatever choices you feel are right for you. It's your life, so live it up. Mic drop. Aww. See? Woo! You, you did it. So fucking sappy after because we go from like laughing to I'm gonna tell you some life <laughs> shit right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, go ahead, bomb us out, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We will right. see you next Tuesday. You, <laughs> you can take that off. <laughs> <laughs>